You're tuned in to the Development Tank Podcast with Peter Kelly. Hey guys, welcome back to the Development Tank. Firstly, thanks so much for the engagement. Thanks so much for all the questions. It's definitely super exciting to to see the questions coming through and to see that you guys are really sort of soaking this up. Any feedback, please don't be shy. You know, we're 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 big boys in here. We can we can deal with it. So please let us know if there are any queries. Please hit us up. Uh, I'm in there every day. Love it. Love love hitting hitting you guys up and answering your questions. So yeah, super excited with that. What you guys can expect from today's episodes. We're back in the office, as you can see. We've got Gav back here for Side Insiders. If you know, you know. So great to have him back. He was at the auctions on Saturday with the client. He missed out on the site, but we really want to unpack what it was, why we thought it was a great opportunity, um, and it's hot off the press. So on release, that's five days ago. So five days ago, Gav was at an auction, and we're bringing it to you, uh, you know, in real time, essentially. So that's super exciting. And we've got Claire. We've got Claire on her first development tank, first of many we're aiming for. She's running our project snapshot. So we're bringing to you 23 Summit in Hampton East. We spoke about the feasibility and acquisition stage in the previous episode. So please go back and hit that one up. Uh, it's the first segment. Get yourself across that. Then you can dive into this one and see see where we're up to. And, and yeah, they're coming up great. Designs look great. So please stick around for that. Something I did want to touch on with you guys, it's a, it's a sentiment thing and, and we see it as a driver, uh, multiple drivers actually, that we think will drive the next 18 to 36 months here in Australia, here in Melbourne, is the interest rate cuts we believe inevitably are going to happen this year, whether it's one or whether it's two, time will tell. We've got the stock shortages and especially new product shortages which we think's a real interesting one and obviously really hits home here. Um, us being property developers, we deliver new stock. So a shortage of low stock based on projects that haven't gone ahead. You know, we definitely know of projects and, um, you know, the new building approvals numbers that we follow closely. They've been trending down for a long time. So there's definitely going to be uh, a lag of new properties coming to market. So, and that's definitely going to play out over the next 18 months. So, that's definitely a driver. And you've got immigration uh, that is happening more aggressively than it has in the last three years. So, they're the drivers that we're seeing out there in the marketplace. Us as property developers, you guys as property developers, we feel like those three drivers we're excited about, we're excited to see play out and can definitely increase that development margin for everyone. So we are seeing people contact us, want to buy development sites. They see this as the bottom of the market. And if obviously, if you can buy now and, and play out the next two years and that cycle, they definitely feel like if interest rates and shortage of new stock and immigration flows in, that can drive home prices, property prices, which then can increase the margin for the developer. And obviously that's what it's all about. So be interesting to see how it plays out. Just want to tell you guys straight, that's what we're feeling in here. Now let's get into it. We've got Gav back, Side Insiders. If you know, you know. Welcome back to Side Insiders. If you know, you know. And we're back here with Gav. Excited to be back in the office, Gav. And you're at the auctions on Saturday. 
yes, I went to a, an auction uh, for a client for a property that we were looking at for them in uh, Bentley East. Yeah, nice. You were not successful, we'll, we'll preface, but yeah, still still a lot of learnings. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, it's the first auction that we've been to with a client. Uh, a lot of our sites come to us off market. This particular one um, came straight to market. The client uh, or the vendor wanted to sell at auction. So we didn't have a, a dip at it prior to that. Uh, there was about 50 people, I'd say, at the auction, maybe a little bit more. I'd say four bidders, and uh, we bidded aggressively. Yeah. Uh, but ultimately, it came down to a family versus a developer, and the developer ended up picking up the site. Go the developer. Were you surprised with the result overall? Did you think it would be as hot as what it was? Uh, no, I... Look, it's a great location, and we'll get into that in a minute. Um, it ticked a lot of boxes. Um, there were a lot of people there. I think that people that are savvy in the marketplace, developers and, and savvy investors, they know that you know, this is as good as it's going to get to buy yep. property uh, in the next couple of years at least. So um, people that have got the money or have been ready to go and are experienced, they're out on the ground and they're, they're looking at sites now for sure. Love it, Gav. Great insight. Now, let's get into the site. Why did this one... Okay, let's Prick uh, our interest. back onto Land Checker here. Let's zoom out. We're about 14 kilometres from the city in the southeast corridor of, uh, of Melbourne. Um, not too far from the beach, your Brighton areas, um, which is great, but also for us it's in the Glen Ira um, council area, which is always easier to work with. Um, a good council, we like working with them. Um, also, just this spot here, you can see that we're on... Um, Parkmore Road. Now, Parkmore Road is the actual boundary for McKinnon High School. So, the McKinnon Secondary College, uh, the main campus is just over here. Uh, the new campus, the east, they call it the East Campus, is just here. And then you've got GSAC here. The boundary is literally on Parkmore Road. If you're on the south side of Parkmore Road, you're not going to McKinnon. Yeah. So, so that's that's a bit of intel that it's important, you know, if you're going to these auctions and in the marketplace. One side of Parkmore to the other side, there's a genuine price difference. Be hundred to hundred and fifty thousand, I think. Bang. Both for land and also for townhouses, surely. I, I feel like here in Melbourne, these school zones and the hot immigration that I mentioned earlier, I feel like these pockets are they can nearly be markets inside markets. That's already been we've already seen that as immigration has ramped up, talking to agents even late last year. Um, immigrants that come in that are cashed up walking into good jobs because they're skilled yeah um and they may may or may not have family ties here so as you know with asian families it's you know it's family it's education it's family it's education so for them they may not have ties to certain pockets or certain areas so they're looking at the schools yeah um and that's where they're targeting love it love it so now let's let's get into this bad boy 645 square meters that sounds nice yeah it's great it's north facing backyard which you know is always the first thing you look for yep uh, it's got a slightly wider frontage at 16 metres, so typically in this area as well, 15.2 is pretty standard. So getting a 16 metre frontage is, is just a bit of an extra bonus, gives you a little bit more flexibility with the, with the design. So great frontage, Gav, great orientation, tick, tick, and 645 square metres in neighbourhood residential zone one, 50% yeah. site coverage. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of boxes tick, tick. Yeah, look, it's a, it's a great opportunity and we'll go into the high res now and what we can see here is it's a 
great front setback as well. You know, you would have to think that it's probably two metres closer to the road than a, a standard front setback. Yep. What that does is not only have we already got 650 square metres, so you've got decent-sized backyards already, but you're going to get a couple of extra metres in your usable space, in your backyard, mm. which is great. The I, think, I think that's a great point because that's something when we dive deep into sites and we're looking at... 645 square meters 620 square meters whatever it might be if that front setback if you're picking up two meters or three meters that maybe others aren't you know and you got a 16 meter frontage 16 16 times two or three meters yeah. that's that means something in the backyard of these that's townhouses, an extra 20 30 square meters of, yeah. of usable backyard yeah. of, that's grass that's amazing yep so one concern that did come up with this particular site was uh, a tree over here on the side of the of the lot we uh, we had our arborist go out and have a look it was a native it was a grade two native so as long as we go through the process with the council get a permit that could be removed nice so we uh, we nailed that before uh, before sort of continuing our due, due diligence but uh yeah apart from that it, it's it's a great site we planned on doing a couple of 28 square townhouses on it maybe we can uh flick over to the feasibility here so yeah we were aiming just for a couple of 28 square townhouses four bed it's a standard, I guess, starting point for where we. So that was look at. so working from the top. That was our our limit, or somewhere around that, yeah, which we, is which is no doubt our budget for Saturday. It was, yeah. So we worked up to that number with our client based on comps in the area within the school zone, and also just south of that, there were some incredible results just next to uh, to GSAC there. So we used them. We came up with our maximum number for the day. Um, I'm a numbers guy, so I go into an auction. I don't have emotion. I know we want to. Did you site. stop at that number, Gav? I absolutely did. Ah, uh, good man. Oh, I may have gone a couple over, but no, uh. no. We, we agreed that was the number. And, and even talking to the client on the ground on the morning, yeah. just sort of talking through if, if the auction's going to you know draw to a halt. Because I, I typically, I'll go in fairly aggressively. If, um, it depends on the site, of course, and, and you understand who else is there on mm. the day. Yeah. But um, you know, I like to come back pretty quickly. Um, that way, you know, it's perceived that we're... We're, we're, we're there to win it yeah um but if it's if it's running out of steam right at the very at our number yeah then you know a couple of thousands probably not going to break the bank so you have got a little license to to stretch a little bit if if warranted yeah yep, beautiful. but certainly emotion doesn't take any part of it so no um yeah so it, it sort of creeped up it, it came on the market and ended up bidding right through to to, to one seven yeah nice nice great great result and probably uh, Frank's the fact that it's a good site and it's well sought after. So yeah. um, obviously that's how we roll in here. We look at good development sites and sometimes other people see them as well. So um, yeah, good result for the vendor there. So construction costs in your, in your 25 grand a square there, which which is common for us in that pocket, I'd yeah, say. Yeah, in that pocket, on that side of East Boundary Road, the eastern side of East Boundary Road for a couple of 28 square townhouses, you know, you wouldn't want to go too much less than that. It's still, we do a great product at that price. So yep. um, we've, we've vetted that. We, we do build tenders all the time. Yep. So um, the, in this particular case, the, the client, their lending conditions, they had cash to buy the land, which, yep. which helped the project. Uh, then we had our resales there at uh, 2 million and 50. So ultimately around a 15% ROI and, and you know, $515,000 yep. profit. Yeah. Yeah, and that's fine. And that's the thing. I guess working with a client, a different client might have wanted to stretch their purchase budget, but, you know, this client wanted to wanted to stick with that. You know, they've got time. So um, 
it's definitely about working with that particular client and figuring out their needs and wants. Yeah, well, this is a buy and build and sell yeah. proposition for them. It's just a business transaction for them and, and that's their approach. Yeah, 100%. Great work, Gavin. Great work on Saturday. No doubt you'll be back with a buy soon enough. You'll, you'll get a W on the board. Yeah. But thanks for that insight, Gav. For anyone out there, that's super insight. Like I said, that's five days ago, essentially. That happened. Gav was at the auction with the client and that result happened uh, Great result. I think the school zone definitely plays a role in those strong bidders and that Absolutely. sort of stuff. Absolutely, does, yeah. And, yeah. and different types of buyers. You know, you've got families there as well who want to get their kids into the zone and then you've got builders who know or developers who know that you know, your resales are going to be strong. And, and even investors, if you were to build two townhouses there, you could sell one and keep one and your rental returns are fantastic as well. You'd be getting probably 1200 to 1300 a week. Yeah, strong, strong. Thanks, guys. It's another week of Side Insiders with Gav. Great to have you back, mate. We're back in the office, back in HQ. Please, guys, stick around. We've got Project Snapshot with Claire coming up. Welcome back to Project Snapshot, guys. We're here. We're doing 23 Summit in Hampton East. Like I said, we spoke about it earlier on in an earlier episode, the episode prior. So please circle back to that one if you want to get the acquisitions and feasibility of it down pat. Here we're going to unpack the floor plans. It's now at build stage. Super exciting. Love what the projects team have done with it. We've got Claire, our head of projects here. It's our, our first time on the development tank. Get around her. Thanks for coming on, Claire. Thanks for having me. I was actually out on site and this is really exciting, this one. So hot off the press. So this drops on Thursday. You're out there. Last, last Thursday. A week ago. Yeah. Love it. So hot off the press now, Gavin and I, you know, we acquired the site circa 18 months ago. We wanted to get our two big homes on it. Can you walk us through how that worked out and what was achieved? Well, great site given um, corner blocks are always a great site in the sense that this design brief that we put together was standalone homes and both with their own street frontage that was a massive one for us which you can see we've achieved Love it. Um, we also really wanted to capture the reserve across the road the big park in wherever we could as well as as much um, north facing um, aspects as possible yeah okay so you can see that so the private open spaces in these early designs are obviously over over your patios um, so the north coming from the right-hand side of the screen, coming down um, to the top private open yep. space there. And then you've got a side private open space here with a high fence, uh, yeah. enjoying that north aspect as well. Which you should be able to get some north aspect in there. 100%. I suppose the other element of this brief for internals was genuine family homes. So making sure that the living and the meals and the, the space where you spend the most time, making sure that that was really, they were big, they were spacious, they had a great butler's pantry. That was one of the main brief items, as well as, you know, our four-bed, two-living, genuine master. Yeah, perfect. How important do you think is that standalone element? Like, we do a lot of townhouses in here, um, you know, and there's more that are attached than not. How important do you think that is from a sort of product perspective and, you know, separating them from your standard townhouses? We, I reckon we have this discussion a lot in the office if we if it's going to compromise if joining them or not joining them is going to compromise your overall spaces then we'll join them 
I think the bigger one for something like a summit, a corner site, is getting your own street frontages. I think that's a massive win. So I would rather achieve that um, than if we had to join this, I don't think that's going to hurt the overall resale. I think the key here and probably as you would say, where the money is, is you, you get in your own address. Yeah, correct. I think that's a, that's a big one. And, and often you'll get probably your own number and your own, and your own street address. So yeah. the full numbers are good. Um, and like you say, a design like this, potentially it lets some more natural light in where you can, where you can separate them. And, and sometimes, um, sometimes it, it, can maybe bring a buyer that has a has a maybe a perception and a stigma attached to townhouse living and hearing your neighbour and things like that. Um, sometimes it can bring them across the line and even sort of try and maybe justify justify more of a more of a house um, resale than you know than um than a townhouse. Yeah, agree. It also with these designs you'll see um, versus a side by side. Um, single frontage you'll see that we get quite a square design Mm. this also it's great for internals because you don't have a lot of wasted space with hallways and um, zones but what it does do is your backyards doesn't really give you a spot to put your services like your water tanks your sheds things that you want to hide so if you can do that separation you'll see when we get to the refined plans um, you can hide some of your services down there, which is yeah, great. It's it's a good point. I think the whole more sort of boxy design that are, is able to be achieved on these type of sites, you know, like these are 28 squares overall of build, um, you know, a 28 square boxy design versus a 28 square longer dual lock. I think they're a different, a different proposition. You get uh, a lot, I think, especially like you've got double garages here. Whereas if we had a side by side, I would say with a 28, square home you might get all of this but you'd be a single garage you'd be a single garage yeah for sure now i think you've sort of nailed all the zones or work on ground floor first but to you know to hit a butler's proper laundry a dedicated study downstairs master uh you know he's is yeah a great product yeah it's really good and i should note we have three meter ceilings on ground floor which we pushed for um we got it through probably jumping ahead there but yeah no, no, we, no, um, great. we did make that work which will make these spaces feel even bigger yeah and especially i think looking out to the space of the reserve uh that's a that's a real win so if you take us upstairs can you talk us through what was achieved up there and and obviously acknowledging this was the initial initial floor plan that we're looking at here we haven't i don't know if i said before but these came back quite quite good in terms of hitting the brief and the spaces weren't clunky they flowed quite well we have made a few tweaks as we always do at interiors but generally speaking um we got it pretty right or the designer did which was great but here reserves down in this pocket you've got your master bed um in this corner we're actually really excited about both masters the walk-in robes are huge um the en-suites are a great size this retreat on this unit two should also get some great aspect of the of the reserve. And then I'm jumping around a little bit here, but jumping back here to unit one, that retreat will get um, a perfect view as well. Yeah, great, great. Um, a lot of storage in these. Walk-in robes are great by the looks. Uh, and even I'm seeing on the right-hand side, you know, I'm seeing bathroom, separate powder and a massive ensuite and that's been achieved on both so yeah 
like for me, it's it's ticking all the boxes of a family home. Like you said earlier, the two livings, the four beds, three and a half bath, um, obviously putting your powder in there as well, uh, and heaps of storage, heaps of natural light. Um, and what, not that it's on these plans, and we'll probably get to it on the next plan, but what is going on with the ceiling heights up here? So they have a raked ceiling. Um, it, it gets tweaked a little bit when we get to the next one, but essentially a raked ceiling where this the ceiling line will follow the underside of the roof line. Yeah, great. Which so again creates more height. So it creates like a like a pitch in there, higher ceiling heights, the space, you know, more space. Um, it definitely creates that higher end, higher end feel. So if we go to the ultimate town planning set yes. that ultimately was endorsed, as guys we are up to the build on these, as Claire said, she was out there the other day. So we did we did start the build late last year. Um, these are the plans that they got endorsed. Okay, so here we've got the further progress plans and the ultimate town planning stamp plans. As you can see, more detail on them. And like Claire mentioned earlier, we've got the services tucked away, Claire. Yeah, one of, um, I think everyone in the office, but these townhouses, you don't get massive, massive backyards. So it's really important to save any space you possibly can. So to get rid of your services... Um, or not necessarily get rid of them, but hide them um, just to, let's say, savour this area as mm. your hero space is really important. We spent a bit of time on this during the endorsement phase with council. So we've tucked, as you can see, we've tucked a water tank around here. Um, we've tucked the shed around here, a clothesline water tank around here. And then keeping these spaces out the back this is your north face living this will get some north face aspect as well but keeping those free of everything and mm. essentially then we have grass and landscaping and it becomes that entertaining delight i think that's a great point because when you don't put that work in and you don't have that that forward thinking uh you can get to the end and and, and your plans are stamped and the build is building and then suddenly you, you know you're halfway through the build or three quarters way through the build and you step out to that that patio out there, which like you say, it's going to be your hero, it's, it's your entertaining space and suddenly you've got a water tank, um, you might have a hot water service, uh, you might have a shed, all these things that just take away from that, that final aspect and take away from landscaping opportunities and that ultimate sort of vibe out there. So yeah, that's a, that's a good point and good work on getting them tucked away before uh, council endorsement. And probably just on that, this space obviously on your street, which your private uh, open space usually isn't on your street. So we've put in the, I suppose, effort and spent a bit of extra money to make sure this is a solid, solid wall here. So yep. that will create a really nice space. Yeah, 100%. Now upstairs on the town planning set, I think it, it talks about the raked ceiling that you mentioned earlier. Yep. So we've added a raked ceiling here into both the retreat and the master bed mm. we've also i don't know if i can zoom in here you might be able to see we've actually increased the windows sizes from the original plans just to get as much of that reserve um, view as possible yep. and then if we move over we also have the rake ceiling both in the master and the retreat again yeah that's a yeah that's going to give really good feels when you're up there and you know that really sort of high-end feel so great work on those now how did you go with doing your facades and, and, and what kind of look did you uh, set out to achieve? Okay, so here is a snapshot of the facades. Um, again, like we said, 
their own street. They've got their own identity to a degree, right? So they're still, they're talking to each other. So the facades, you were saying that they've both got their own identity, but they still need to talk to each other? That's it. There's still one development, but they've got their different elements. You'll see this one is facing the reserve. You've got, we've gone to the effort of doing the rake ceilings, which has allowed us to maximise that window space. So the Mm. light coming in, although it is south facing, you will get constant light in that space. Mm. So the more window space you can, or glazing, I should say, you can get in those areas, especially because we're not a direct north facing unit. It's really important. Um, We've gone with a feature brick tile. So this isn't, it won't be brick itself, but it's a feature brick tile to give that, that look of brick which I think is really nice. It's probably a little bit higher end. It's quite expensive. Um, but in this area, I think it will go really well. And I think I like the way you guys have probably limited the amount of it. You know, you've just used it in areas that that are going to create a pop and then probably just wound it back in other areas to sort of amplify that that great spec you've done there, but not costing the world and, and wrapping the whole building in it. Yeah, and I think we find, which I'm sure you'll agree, is... The lesser materials, the lesser colours with these townhouses, they are, they're quite a presence on the street. Mm. So just keep it simple. Like we've got what, we've got three colours here um, and that I think is enough. Yeah, I think that's a great point because when you see them on a set of plans like this, and this is for anyone sort of at this stage of their project, when you see them on plans like this, you've got your white backdrop and it's sort of like, oh, are they doing enough? Are they too simple? But when you put them in their natural habitat, which is on the street with other other neighbours, trees, roads, all sorts of colours and all sorts of things going on. Um, yeah, the less can definitely be more. Speaking of natural habitat, should we look at the renders? Yes, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. So fair to say these are a work in progress currently, but geez, it gives you a, God, it gives you a good look at what, what they are and, you know, the depth and scope and um, yeah, they look fantastic. Yeah, they look great. So these are what we call a white card. So we haven't added in the material uh, in the material and colours just yet. But like you said, it shows you the form. It shows you the presence they're going to have on that mm. corner. It shows you this solid wall, which that's your private open space just here. Um, it shows you how much impact that glass is going to have above and the fact that they're quite separate. Uh, they both have their separate entrances, which yeah. I think is great. You're not near your neighbour and not to m- mention that reserve. I was there, like I said, I was there last week. It's, I wanna buy one. Amazing, and, and, and they got your Porsche in the picture as well. Yeah, um, that's <laughs> But looking from this angle, you know, for me, that one on the corner, um, and based on the fees, we probably haven't really separated out which one would be worth more. Obviously, design-wise, they're quite similar in, in ticking, ticking boxes, but wow, looking at this, like that picture is from the reserve, that one on the uh, on the corner that's facing the reserve, you feel like could definitely command a premium. But yeah, these are looking really good. And for everyone sort of playing at home, these are renders we're getting. Our client is looking at putting them on the market and trying to get some interest from an off the plan place, which is exciting for them to maybe try and knock one off uh, before completion, which will help on holding costs uh, and all that sort of stuff. So getting these renders looking as good as possible um, and I think this property is quite special. So 
uh, putting them on the market at an early stage, I, I, I don't think um, would be a bad thing and, and, and generate some interest. And like I said, maybe you sell one, maybe you auction one at the end, but to sort of hedge your bets and have one sold and, and able to be settled um, on completion is, um, is, a, is a pleasure. Claire, can you give us just a little update? So they are getting built, things are ticking along, all things going smoothly out there? Yep, we've finished framing, they're currently doing roofing. I, like I said, I was out there last week. This, I was actually standing in this space here and it's a good feeling. It's a great spot. Uh, they're moving quickly. They're on target. They should be completed come spring, just pre-spring. Pre-spring for, for a spring campaign unless they get knocked <laughs> off, uh, off the plan. So fantastic. That's super exciting. Thanks for the update, Claire. We could probably circle back later in the year. Uh, and maybe bring you guys the finished product, maybe when there's furniture in them or whether they've been sold, but we can definitely look at bringing you guys the results when they come to hand. But thanks for that, Claire. We'll see you next week for another Project Snapshot. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Please, guys, thanks for hanging around if you're still here. Uh, that's a Ripper project. Plenty more where that come from. Next week, we'll be back. Same channel, same time. Please continue with the engagement. Any questions after this, I'll be on the computer waiting for your questions right now. So once you're finished, jump in, do some questions, and we'll be in there, guys. Claire might even jump in if we're lucky. Uh, <laughs> thanks, guys. Happy developing. <laughs>